0: Our two friends going through big changes in our lives, just like so many other people that we know.
1: No matter how happy we are, life is always throwing us a curveball. And we have found that having a friend to talk it through and discover new tools with has been key to figuring out who we are now as we evolve through these life transitions. So join us as we grow, and learn, and nourish our souls. Together. together, hello, Jill. Oh, hello, <laughs> my soul sister, Bill. This
0: is the Soul Nourishing Collective, and we want to welcome you to this to fun today's group. girls' gathering.
1: Oh, I love that! I love that. I mean, it's just you and I That's having right. a chit chat. That's right. I'm Melinda Young. And I'm Jill Liebernight.
0: Jill and I have been friends for a long time. What we want to do at the beginning of these podcasts is we want to do something. Actually, Jill, you're the one who told me about it. Yes. So I
1: have a terrible, terrible, like I have a microphone and so now I'm really excited about how I sound in the microphone. But no, (laughs) I have a terrible habit of bringing my sometimes busy, distracted energy from my moment before meeting or whatever it was, or even just traffic. And then I feel like about 15, 20, 30, sometimes an hour into my visit with a friend or a colleague or even a client, like I'm realizing that I'm not present and I'm not giving that person my best energy because I'm still the angry driver that was pissed off (laughs) at the dude that cut me off because of the traffic. You know, and that—that's not fair. By the way, we're very mindful people. Yes, we're We're, very mindful. But But I am second-generation Italian, so I can get very, very mad very quickly, and I gotta let it go. Yes. Well, we're human beings. That's the beautiful thing
0: is that we are human beings, and we are on this journey. I'm getting off of the subject. Sorry, but I do want to say that's the point of this podcast is that we are. Just like everyone else, we've discovered that having a collection of people or even one person, which has been the two of us lately, to share in our journeys in our struggles in our life experiences has been incredibly fulfilling and soul nurturing. And we are not, we do not say that we are big experts in this. We just know that we have learned a lot over the last
1: exactly. few years. So before you and I get started, because yeah. you and I yes. can, we are really tuned into each other. Yes. And if we don't rid our energy right from the previous moment, we're not right. able. You and I right. are not able to be present with each other. So this is true. We're everyone else out there in and listening and land. Let's do the putting away of your befores. So yes. take a moment, Melinda. You're much better than I am at leading sort of <laughs> mindfulness. I don't know, but that's like true. you, d- but yes. you did that with me before. Yes. W- Tell tell me to breathe. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> remind me to so breathe. So what we do is we
0: uh, I love this idea of putting away your befores because it brings us into the present moment, right? And to be completely and fully present here and now, and it helps you open up that prefrontal cortex, right? So you can actually take in all of the incredibly wonderful information and growth that is going to happen in this next
1: hour or less.
0: What we do to put away our befores is, well, Jill, actually I love your idea of I, taking I off got. shoes. I, right? I took
1: off my shoes. Yeah. Like, it's a little bare, Mr. Rogers. A little I like. Mr. Rogers moment I gotta take off the mm-hmm. cardigan sweater or take off the outdoor attire mm-hmm. and have my inside costume. Mm-hmm. But I, me, sometimes I need to tap. I'm, I'm aware of the power of touch mm-hmm. and body to ground me and get me breathing. So mm-hmm. oftentimes putting away the befores is I might now I'm giving away my secret. When people meet me, they're going to they, see if I'm tapping, doing any of my EFT mm-hmm. tapping. They're going to know, oh, she's putting away her before us, And we will
0: definitely talk about that. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll definitely do a whole thing on the tapping because Jill has some great
1: stuff about body work. So I took off the shoes. Right. I, I'm engaged and- with my body. I'm, yes. t- I'm touching fingers and mm-hmm. tapping. What I like to say is
0: take a deep breath. Just take a moment to take, as you come into this moment, just take a deep breath, take a big inhale and a big exhale, and it just helps to center you into this moment and just start to pay attention to where you are, as Joe was saying, in this moment. You know, where, how does your butt feel in your car seat? If you're in your car, or your hands on the steering wheel? How do your feet feel as they're hitting the ground? If you're out exercising, how do your feet feel planted on the ground? Just to start to come into awareness through your body
1: helps to bring you... Into awareness. Into this moment. And you know, if you really want to freak people out or if you're with someone that you trust Mm -hmm. and you've, you know, have a relationship with them, Mm -hmm. I sometimes just like to take a few moments and look into their eyes. Oftentimes, and you've heard me say this, Mm -hmm. sometimes, Melinda, I just need to look at your eyes. Yes. I just need to look at you. Yes. um, And just remind myself, where am I? Mm -hmm. Who am I with?
0: We did that in a coffee shop, actually, at one point, and I think we may have freaked out some people. (laughs)
1: No way. We we looked into each other's eyes And uh-huh. we also held hands We did and, and we were in public And I just we want were. to say We were at Summer Moon Coffee, okay. Austin, Texas yeah. And I just It was mm-hmm. another one of those moments Where I felt like I had I was really excited about our visit You know, mm-hmm. you and I We just get so excited We have so much we want to talk about Yes And I didn't want My moment befores Yes To take away any of the joy of that moment Yeah And let's just say this is, you know, screw them, the people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. We're very loving and mindful people. I really do think, though, I mean, that kind of goes into that whole idea, right, of what we often talk about, which is this whole idea of being a woo-woo person, Mm -hmm. right? And so um, one of the things that we really want to talk about in this collective is to kind of let go of these ideas that society has around These kinds of conversations, the fact that we have these kinds of conversations that might involve spirituality, that involve being in the present moment, that involve thinking outside of the box, thinking outside of our our usual way of being. You know, there's a group of people somewhere who found this type of work to be threatening. So therefore, they either labeled it as evil or they labeled it as ridiculous and silly and crazy because it's not the norm and god forbid we should all not be like everybody else they've labeled people who kind of do this kind of work and talk about this kind of thing as being woo-woo or crazy however the great thing is is that mindfulness work and this kind of these kinds of things that we are going to talk about are all starting to be backed up more and more by science oh my goodness and by studies
1: science and, imagine that
0: yes yes So it makes it a lot more legit. And I think that's why you're seeing it come more into the consciousness of the collective.
1: Now I've sat here and I've stared into your beautiful eyes. (laughs) I feel centered and balanced. No, but I (laughs) I feel better about having let go of my moment before. Because I was really wound up today and feeling brain foggy and Mm -hmm. not centered. and, and And just being in that distracted mode, I was starting to spiral out because I, I really wanted to visit with you today and talk through some of these things, mm-hmm. th- this conversation that we've been on for six months, mm-hmm. and I just started to spiral out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's so in easy this, to do. In the negative self-talk of, oh, you're not going to be your best self today, and oh talking with Melinda, and yes, oh, and oh. then you just go and go and go and go.
0: Oh, and go. we're going to talk about the inner narrator, too, because mm-hmm. that's key. That yeah. is key. And it's called different people refer to the inner narrator as different different things but we all basically have an ongoing narration of our lives and we'll uh well that that's going to be a whole that could be a whole couple episodes but Mm -hmm. there's a lot with that inner narrator the inner narrator plays the main role in in bringing us down absolutely i think so but let's talk a minute about soul nourishing what do we
1: mean by soul nourishing so melinda i had a sort of a New understanding of soul nourishing this past week. So, the, did I tell you that I fell into a manhole? Okay, yeah, I've
0: heard, I've heard rumors, I've heard rumors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to hear it.
1: Well, in the, I, well, I was out in a front yard. Um,
0: Jill's a real estate agent. Okay, can so we say I was, that?
1: I, I guess, sure, okay. yes. But I was out in a front yard, and I was like analyzing the color of exterior siding and I was walking the yard yes. and taking some pictures and I glanced over. I was with my, my partner, Lisa, mm-hmm. and, uh, I looked over and I saw where I was going to be walking. Cause I, anyway, mm-hmm. I, I can get a little uncoordinated and unbalanced sometimes. So I glanced mm-hmm. over and I saw, you know, like you see like a, a metal, is it yeah. still called? Is it a it's manhole? A manhole. Okay, yeah. It was oh, yeah. covering something and right. I looked at it and I is was is like, it the sewer? Does it cover the sewer? Well, this one was covering, I think, um, it was metal,
0: uh-huh.
1: utilities or plumbing oh, okay. lines uh, or like okay. the water shut off. Oh, thank God it was sewer. Okay. Yeah. I think it was the water shut off and some plumbing okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I looked at it and then I, I proceeded to step onto it. Um, and it flipped Oh, and I
0: went down. Now, did
1: you go like full on, like up to your waist down? Like, did you okay, go no, full on? Okay, no, 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 not up to my waist, but okay. I was up to my knee. Oh, Okay. One leg or both legs? <laughs> sorry, I just need to get the. Linda has here. to understand. <laughs> okay, so I, like, I think my memory is that one leg was okay. off. The, one leg was out. And one, one was on the manhole. okay. And it flipped and I mm. went down. Must have been scary. Um, and I just remember Lisa was like, oh, <laughs> like, I didn't even, I was just like, oh. Like, she's like, oh, my God, are you okay? Like, did <laughs> she the, something? There one minute,
0: and then not there the next minute.
1: I yeah, yeah, I was, like, literally talking to her one minute, and then the next, I was, like, she was looking down at me. <laughs> um, and I got out, and I I brushed it off, but I all of a sudden realized that I was in a little bit of shock, mm-hmm. and I was bleeding. Mm. So I just quickly got into the car, and I started panicking, mm-hmm. how, and I had, like, a, a tissue on my leg, and I didn't want to oh. bleed over my... I, Got, years ago, a new car, and I was silly enough to get it with white interior, oh, and I was yeah. so worried that I was going to bleed over my white interior seats. But so, then I was like, God, I had got to get home, got to get home and tend to this, and it's bleeding, and I don't want to pass out while I'm driving. And when I, I was all worked up, and then I called my husband, and I was like, I fell, I fell into a hole. Um, later... <laughs> My husband, Damon, did say, I wasn't sure if you were still in the hole, if you were just calling to tell me that I needed to come and help you get out of the hole. Bring bring rope, bring rope. (laughs) He's like, what do you want me to do? Uh, Life with Jill. Sometimes you get a call that says, I fell into a hole, and you have to figure it out. But anyway, I get home, I'm I'm cleaning up the wound, and we thought that maybe I got some metal or some rust in there, uh and then we realized that the puncture hole from something that I hit when I fell into the manhole mm-hmm. was so deep mm-hmm. that it was there was a, it was like a shadow. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it wasn't like it was a shadow, Mm-mm-mm. so I really had to keep this wound clean because, as you know, I'm mm-hmm. immunosuppressed and I'm more susceptible to infections. So um, I had to. I was googling like how to avoid infections and how to keep the wound clean. So thus began. The two-month journey well, it was, like, initially two weeks of, like, keeping the wound clean and protected and Neosporin on it with Band-Aids twice a day. And I was asking my daughter, do- how do I clean it? I was pampering this wound so much because then, you know, like, it was on my shin, mm-hmm. front shin, and I was like, oh, everyone's going to see, you know, like, it's summertime uh, and yes. it's going to be outside, nice skirts, and now I'm going to have this yucky... Yes you know, yes. wound. Anyway, right. Um, but I was literally tending to this day and night, mm-hmm. morning it twice a day, cleaning <laughs> yes. it, and, you know, had this whole ritual. And even when I traveled, I brought the little kit of my, you know, wound care stuff. <laughs> yes. um, and then, like, a month into this, it dawned on me, Melinda, that I oh was caring for this physical wound <laughs> mm more than I was caring for some of my internal wounds Mm -hmm. that had surfaced in the past year. Or it wasn't even that I was caring for them more. It was just that how quickly and easily I was able to adopt a routine and ritual to care for this wound Mm -hmm. and that i instinctually knew oh i have to carve out time to do this twice a day oh i i have to i have to i have to have to do this every Mm day or else there's going to be a scar um and i was quickly able to assemble a kit and you know even when i traveled i never didn't tend to my wound right even when i was at pool parties or picnics or outside i I I was tending to my wound. Mm. But I have all sorts of internal wounds Mm -hmm. that I have been ignoring Mm -hmm. for decades. Yeah, (laughs) sure. Yes, you know. Yes. Or I might go, oh, I need to think about this for a moment. Mm -hmm. Or maybe meditate on it or pray about it. Or maybe even go to a therapist and tend to it. But there has been no... like routine mm-hmm. that I am able to assemble with the same certainty and quickness and clarity mm-hmm. and intuitiveness as I w- was with my wound care. Yeah. And that we as a society don't know how to, like, we don't know how to grieve or nourish uh-huh. or tend to yes. regularly the, the internal wounds that we have. yes And that just became a quick reminder mm-hmm. of this soul-nourishing work that we're hallelujah, doing.
0: Hallelujah, sister. Hallelujah. You are right. I agree with you completely. And, of course, as we have discovered, mm-hmm. what happened was Jill and I started meeting once a week simply because we craved connection. Jill and I have known each other for years. We've had a really deep kind of soul connection. We've been on a very similar path spiritually and and emotionally, maybe, I would say, because uh, it's all kind of tied together. And we started finding that the things that we were learning and going through and discussing and the issues that we were having were mirrored in so many people that we know and people that we were just meeting even. And so we started realizing that there was a real need for these kinds of discussions and for this kind of a community. And we thought, well who better than the two of us yes <laughs> because i do think that there is a place for sure for the people who are out there and who definitely we will be quoting and talking about over the the period of us doing this podcast seem to have risen to a level mm-hmm. that is above the pettiness maybe of everyday life or the or the feeling of negative emotions or whatever. But I think that sometimes that feels unattainable. For us, it felt very important for us to be able to say, hey, we are fellow journey journeymen, journeywomen mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. on this path of trying to figure out how to bring more joy and happiness into our lives, how to become more resilient in difficult situations, and how to work through things together. So that is really, I think, a big reason behind.
1: Yeah, and even this. though you and I were working through very different life obstacles mm-hmm. at the time? Yes. Because of our our long-term friendship, mm-hmm. we were in tune, yes, with the need for each other, the need for us to gather in fellowship. Right. And like you said journey, journey through whatever mess and we were we were seeing similar topics or or threads emotions emotions Mm -hmm. in the discovery process yes and meeting other women who were saying i don't know who i am now what's next right who am i now right who am i and i think a lot of people are coming out of this pandemic who am i now um maybe uh, not
0: even being able to fully Put it into those words, but but knowing that they're feeling off-center, off-balance, some fear about the future. Because there are people who are going through all different kinds of things in their lives, whether it be children leaving for college, or the death of a loved one, or the change, a change of a job, or divorce, or medical issues, or whatever it is. There are um, so many things that are causing people to see that, see that they're in a different stage of life and wondering what is, what is beyond, you know, for them. And it's caused, I think, a lot of fear, confusion, and, um, a feeling of just not knowing where to go or where to turn.
1: Mm-hmm. So in, in our shared soul nourishing journey that we've been traveling on together, mm-hmm. uh, really for decades, but right more recently there was nutritional things yes. that fed our soul. There mm-hmm. was body work mm-hmm. things. There were enriching material like books mm-hmm. or music, mm-hmm. but all of it was healing, Yes, healing mindfulness,
0: intentional. Yes. And you know what I think the difference has always been with you and me, Jill, is that we are not women who get together and complain or bitch and moan about what our issues are, we will definitely discuss what our issues are, but we don't, we don't completely lay down in those, right? We share the story and then we move on to how do we work, what we found to help us get through this, or what have we found that has actually helped um, build us up or given us some resilience? You know, we're, we're always talking about Things that we've read or seen, or ideas that we've learned or that we've thought about um, that are helping us through this. And I think that is what has been so unique in our friendship has been that we always have, we've always had discussions about what is bolstering us up, what is nourishing our souls, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think we need to move as a society.
1: So a couple of years ago, you had created a gratitude routine. Yes. With with women mm-hmm. and uh, I know so every night at nine o'clock, Melinda right. has a text thread and she will share with her tribe of women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all women. It uh, that's not true. There's one man. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh-huh. she'll text out you know something mm-hmm. that she is grateful for mm-hmm. in that day, right? And she opens up opportunities for us to. Um, Think about some small thing right. that brought us gratitude and thankfulness that day. And I remember initially when I got invited into the thread, I wasn't responding to you because I didn't know if it was a long thread of people. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if everyone wants to hear. Oh, like, uh-huh. I thought maybe it was just something we were supposed to like feel in our... <laughs> you know, in yes. our mind's eye. But Melinda's like, are you not participating? Like, she like sent right. me a text. She's like, is this not for you?
0: And I'm well, like, I just, oh, no, I just
1: didn't know I was supposed to respond. I
0: didn't want to bug you. And also <laughs> I do it individually, right? I, I do, there are some certain groups of friend groups, right? That have wanted, asked to do it together. But but yes, I do it a lot of, and a lot of it's just individual emails so that people can be more personal, you know, about it. So, well, the reason
1: why I bring it up, because I know um, recently in this, I know I keep talking about this new chapter that we're in. We've been in numerous chapters over our friendship, but there's been some sort of evolutional shift happening Mm -hmm. with us. Uh, And I have numerous times reached out to Melinda, not only during the gratitude hour Mm -hmm. activity, but throughout the day just saying how grateful I am that I have another person in my life to be connected with mm-hmm. and while I have immense gratitude for that there's also some grieving and sadness that I have knowing that there are people in this world that mm-hmm. don't know how to right. find a connection or right. don't know how to connect with and it doesn't have to just be a female right. it could be it could I mean do oh, do we think that it's important To for it to be another person like can someone do you think that it is that nature could fill that I think nature can
0: fill it a great question I think nature absolutely can fill it to a degree I think nature absolutely is a huge tool I do not believe that it is the same as another human being you know all those studies that are out of Brigham Young, University of Michigan, various, or Michigan State University, excuse me, have had studies, uh, several studies with hundreds of thousands of people where they have found that having a deep connection with one person is the same as stopping smoking. For your health, not having a human connection, a good deep human connection is the same as smoking, I've forgotten how many, several packs a day mm-hmm. uh, of cigarettes. Having one deep human connection increases your longevity, increases your health. In fact, the one out of Brigham Young really focused on longevity, like it did it make you live longer. The one out of Michigan State seemed to focus on specifically what what was your quality of life and realize and recognize that actually a friendship, a deep friendship does uh, increase your quality of life. So not only do you live longer, but you live better, healthier. And by quality of life, I mean you're healthier overall. You have less, you're less susceptible to disease. You're um, less susceptible to, of course, depression, which I think would make uh, more sense to people, and, of course, relief of stress because you're able to talk to somebody else. And all of this really uh, causes a high, high increase in quality of life. So thank you for helping me live longer.
1: Oh, I love that, and, <laughs> and you know, I've I've been mindful. I I've been uh, married greater than twenty years, and and have shared with you that just how grateful I am that I have another relationship mm-hmm. that isn't de- dependent on my partner. Yes, um, and that you know, when you're in long term relationships, sometimes they, I'm I'm not going to say grow apart, but they evolve, and sometimes one is a little bit busier, and that Absolutely. I I have more outlets to unleash my creativity, and I'm not dependent only on one individual mm-hmm. at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was so grateful that I had a female friend that that I could unleash another aspect of my growing as an as a human being, right? That wasn't forcing my husband to be the everything yes yeah, serving all the needs yeah and that's become powerful but you know coming through this pandemic I mean not everyone's been able to have they've maybe lost deep friendships yeah I mean physically people may might have left this world Mm -hmm. or maybe they came to realize people are spiraling out of this pandemic in different ways Mm -hmm. you know going off chasing dreams or oh they've come to discover or they're moving Mm -hmm. um they're, they're off doing different things. People are working
0: from home more, so they're mm-hmm. not even having that work community. Because community, you know, the individual relationships, a deep, meaningful relationship is very important. But we are also, we are designed to live in community. We're designed to live in nature, too, when you bring up nature. Mm-hmm. But we are designed to be you know in symbiosis with nature but definitely a community too and and so taking away a community whether it be you know work or any of these things you're talking about is actually really detrimental to our not just mental health but our physical health so, i mean i think all the more reason for what we're doing so
1: i i think i think i'm seeing a lot of signs around me in my local community and nationally that people are not only craving coming back to more I'm going to use the word tribal, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, more primitive, Mm -hmm. smaller unit communities. Yes. um, They're they're craving that, but that it's almost sort of a, breakdown, you know, the staffing shortage that we're seeing, like people, we're just having to simplify mm-hmm. in so many different ways. And then we have this recent amazing core memory of the pandemic. I know you and I have talked about core memories a lot. Maybe we'll do another podcast about yes. core memories. Mm-hmm. But we now all as a, like a global international society have this core memory of Living through an historic event Mm -hmm. um, that showed us how our immediate community Mm -hmm. could support each other. Mm. Yes. Beyond politics or divisive thoughts or perspectives, there were more small communities lending a hand and doing doing different things for people. Yes.
0: No, I think that's, you're exactly right. I I really do think that we don't we don't think enough about the we haven't really put enough emphasis on community. And what we found because through this work what we decided was we really want to actually be able to start creating a collective of people. Right now we're focusing on women and we I think we would like to expand that out, but we decided we would just gather a few people and and spend a couple of nights out at my family ranch and talk a little bit about some of the things that we had learned and so we had a little retreat out there for two nights and just with a small group of women and what I loved about that retreat was that there were women from all walks of life yes very different life experiences Mm
1: -hmm.
0: very different socioeconomic Mm -hmm. backgrounds Mm -hmm. and boy was that a tight group of women by the end of it oh my gosh within 48 hours I mean it was magical
1: we meditate together now and we go as he plays together mm-hmm. and we support each other. Right. We celebrate each other. That's right. Um and it just reminds me of uh Dance of the Dissident Daughter, Sumant Kidd, the author, um, a book that our soul nourishing collective book club mm-hmm. um recently read. Right. This idea and you know, doggone it, we see an image of it every time. If you look up National <laughs> Women's Day or Women Together, what do you see? Do you have you Like I'm sure Mm -hmm. if you Googled it right now, hey, everyone out there listening, Google like Women's Day or Women's Collective. What image is going to come out? I don't know. I don't know. Women holding hands in a circle. Oh. (laughs) And they're going to be every color. I remember when we were working on our our presentation for that retreat, our Mm -hmm. little PowerPoint, um, our little workbook, um, and I was trying to find um, images for women supporting each other and women's fellowship, mm -hmm. and it was all... A group of women, in, like st- stick figures or abstract, but it was all women in a circle holding hands. Okay. And I thought that was interesting, Melinda, because, like, when w- when I was reading her book, like, there just kept being this image or this discussion of women going out to the forest mm-hmm. in a circle and being in fellowship together, mm-hmm. and that's that's almost. What I've been craving is. Does the
0: holding hands feel too
1: simplistic to you? No, oddly enough, you know? Mm -hmm. It feels more right in a way that I don't have words for. Oh, so you're saying it's good. Oh, okay. Like, like, okay. So, this whole collective to Uh me. And then I start spiraling out as I keep telling you in all my labels and woo-woo and worries and concerns about judgment. Mm -hmm. I continue to imagine and have this image of women out in nature, in a forest, holding hands, loving on each other, supporting each other, Mm -hmm. encouraging each other, coming from all sorts of like, and then when I allow that image to just, when I allow myself to daydream out that image, Mm -hmm. I just imagine that. Our intuition is going to guide us in ways that we have yet have been able to uh, tune into. Mm. That we, uh, th- th- there's a frequency yet to be discovered that we haven't discovered because as women throughout history, uh-huh. all of history that right. we have been recording it, women have been denied opportunities to gather in fellowship. Mm-hmm. We were either burned at the stake for doing that or, you know, like that we, we often are denied the opportunity of women to gather in a circle holding hands, mm. that there is such an interpretation about that. And so right. there's a part of me, um, you know, I before I kind of got off on this tangent, I was going to ask you if you had to list what... Have been the most impactful, soul-nourishing activities. What would they be? And and I want I, I want to know that. I want mm-hmm. I want Melinda's answer. But I will tell you, if I were to answer that question honestly, I think one of my soul-nourishing activities. This one is a weird one to talk about, and I feel a little vulnerable sharing it out loud here. I, I've been daydreaming a lot about women gathered in an unstructure, unstructured natural state and what might come of that. It's just been a purely daydreaming – I've just found myself daydreaming. What do you mean by – do you mean naked? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I'm glad. I'm glad that you clarify <laughs> okay. that. No. Okay. Well, I guess what I and I'm glad I'm glad you clarified that. I'm not imagining, but but I am interested because of the dance of the dissident daughter Mm -hmm. and all of what in y'all. If you have not read that book, and you are interested in feminine studies or I don't know any of what this portion of our conversation is the
0: new yeah the kind of the new femininity, which is a whole other you know. I would like to say, can I just would like to quickly yeah. cut in and say, if any of what Jill's saying or any of this conversation about sort of this new feminism um, makes you feel nervous or like you don't necessarily want to be considered a feminist because of this, you know, these images of the angry feminists or these images of, of the kind of these crazy bra burners or whatever it is. Um, again, you're, you're What you're doing is you're finding yourself susceptible to these labels that were created by groups of people who wanted to discount women enough. And I'm not saying, let me tell you something. I have three boys. I have three young men. I love men. I have nothing against men. This is not an anti-man by any stretch no. of the imagination. This is very pro-men. But it's pro-men and pro-women. And the reality of the situation is, is that that women have been created less than. I mean, we didn't have checking accounts in our own name until a few years, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. So uh, there's definitely something to this. We've been held at bay by being told, oh, you don't want to, but are you one of those women? Are Mm -hmm. you one of those feminists? You don't want to be one of those, Right. So, because again, we're being seen as, oh, we're man haters, right? Or yeah. we're that kind of thing. So anyway, I just wanted to do that as a caveat. Yeah, and I, That's not who we are. I
1: know you just saw a little bit of tears come to my eye. I'm a little emotional about this because when, when I start to daydream out about this natural state, a lot of stuff is coming to the surface um, and some grief is coming up mm-hmm. in this is that I, I don't know what the natural state is. Mm. So... A, I think it's interesting that you that, – that we have to – and you and I know intellectually we have to clarify that because that's the narrative that the patriarchy has has placed in this right. – in these topics is I'm not talking about naked. I'm not talking sexual. I'm just talking – I don't know what my natural state is. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even bring myself to not color my hair. Mm-hmm. You know, like like – like we did our ladies retreat and we invited people to not come with makeup. Yes. You know like that was a big freaking step y'all. <laughs> and like we were we like like for crying out loud. I still feel like we're at that surface level of mm-hmm. how do we be together mm-hmm. part of my soul nourishing r- routine and ritual and this one has surprised me. Mm-hmm. Has been daydreaming about, and all I mean by daydreaming, and we'll have a, you know, a, that's especially another topic episode. of mine, another yes. episode, that's just unstructured wandering. Mm-hmm. When I allow myself time and give myself permission, or when the occasion arises, and I find myself daydreaming about nourishing my soul, I am more aware than I've ever been That there is this deep desire. I'm sorry. I'm just emotional about it. I just... I'm not saying I want to go off, you know, and just be on an island with women. I'm not saying that. I just have a a deep calling and desire to commune with women and discover something that I've been denied. Mm. There is some anger there. I just... I know that there is a, a layer and a level of my listening, mm-hmm. my human listening that I've not been able to ever tune into because the narratives yes. that I've been born into, right? So like, I think this might be the best way to describe it. And maybe only a woman would, un- maybe men can understand this too. But do you ever remember like before you became a mother... You imagining, mm-hmm. oh, yes. there's this other world that I'm going to, Yes, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to know what it means to be a parent until I am one. Sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's what I'm longing for. Uh, I don't, I'm coming mm-hmm. to this awareness that I don't know if I know how to be a woman mm-hmm. because I've been denied an entire 52 years of being a woman. Mm, yeah. And I want to go find that and so right now the only story and narrative that i've been given on google or anywhere else in my life is a picture of all sorts of colored women holding hands mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i'm sure you right. go- you know right. if you see national women's day you're going to see some sort of line or circle uh-huh. or image of women holding hands mm-hmm. yes okay right and i don't know like like i told you this past weekend was summer solstice. And I was like, I, I want to go out to a field with a bunch of women and invite them and just hold hands. And maybe something will be discovered. Maybe there's a deeper level of support to each other that we have yet to understand. But I have every faith that if we just tune into each other, mm-hmm. that there's some level of our intuition that will know what to do. I think you're right. anyway, I think that you're was right. my little that's, vulnerable and now I feel like I need to like twist my hair like now the <laughs> actor in me is like imagine Jill in awkward pose, twisting her hair, embarrassed about just crying on a podcast, and anyway, no, that's beautiful, anyway, that was my little
0: that I think that was I think that was beautiful, well, you know, one of the things that I was leading to with this whole uh, idea of this collective of women is that you know too, just like what you're talking about. What we discovered at that retreat was that it doesn't matter where you come from or what your background is. It doesn't matter anything, religion, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, race. We all have a similar need for, again, scientifically proven too, for community, for the ability to find things that bring us a sense of purpose that bring us joy, that brings us into the flow. We all have, we found that th- there are so many things that we share, desires and needs that we share. As women, specifically in this case, but I think also just as humans, um, there are things that, that we are all craving, just like what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing that is going to really help us get there is doing it together.
1: And something else that I observed and took away from that experience is that we, as humans, we all have a desire to express the stories of our lives. And then, and that within those stories, there are, there's grief and sadness and joys that affect us physically, mentally, spiritually. Right at a deep level when we are denied an opportunity to ha- have that story shared mm-hmm. and uh, you know you know me deeply fascinated with the body work that I've done and continue to do is when our body is denied the opportunity to express or share yes that it eats away at us it causes illness it mm-hmm. it numbs us yes yes and and almost grows a an armor and a thick skin Mm -hmm. protective skin Mm -hmm. that that limits our ability to connect and now all of a sudden the way I just kind of talk that out I wonder if that's part of why you and I are able to resonate so quickly and well together is because we have had experience after experience of, uh, n- not being in community with our armor up mm-hmm. that we're, we, we know each other's armor and, and we don't, we feel safe. Yeah, Safety. Like, yeah. I don't know. It was just a thought. You know, I me. think that's, I'm always point. like no, trying to that's... find order and. No. explanation for things.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's our natural right our natural uh uh inclination is to try to figure things out a little bit. Uh and and maybe so, maybe that is what it is. And and that's what I do I definitely think that there's no way that we can we can grow or learn without being somewhat vulnerable. And that's very scary for a lot of people. Yeah. So hopefully as we continue to work through this podcast and work with women, we're going to continue to help people um, lose some of that fear, work through some of that fear, maybe, so that they can feel like we can be vulnerable and learn through our various life experiences.
1: Okay, I want to know now right. what do you think oh. has been, doesn't have to be one, two, three, <sighs> mm-hmm. no set number. Right. What has been Melinda's most and I don't even want to call them the best, but the most impactful for you right now mm. in this experience, this life transition, soul-nourishing activities.
0: Well, the one thing that pops into my head that um, really kind of set me off on this journey, gosh, a long time ago, uh, it was shortly after my mother had passed away, and um, I what happened to be at this film festival that I was just at the film festival because it was outside on a golf course and it was really pretty out, and I didn't really care what they were playing. <laughs> and this movie came on called I Am oh. by Tom Shadiak. Oh, yes, boy. That powerful movie, movie. Powerful movie. That movie completely changed my view of the world, and I feel like it changed my trajectory. So that, outside of human connection, that was the one really big thing that filled my soul and, and changed my, I would say changed my trajectory in my life. It was a, it was a huge moment. So thank you, Tom Um, I still, by the way, watch that movie quite frequently and mm-hmm. as yeah. do I yep. yes my former husband um, used to call me I Amish because I used to pass that movie out to people <laughs> it was uh-huh. like I was a Jehovah's Witness <laughs> I would <laughs> I would get stacks of DVDs and pass them out to people <laughs> love it because I just thought it was such an important movie I loved it so that was huge and then I ran into a woman that I knew through friends named Kelly hmm and through her, I learned about mindfulness. I kind of got started really more into learning about the information that was out there and kind of got put on the right path of, of learning the science behind it all and learning about meditation and all of that. So that was a huge kind of, I'm really talking more about big moments in my life, I think, but those were all things that were hugely soul nourishing. What was the most, I think, Huge for me was starting to create these groups of women, right? And starting these book clubs and doing some classes and things where we were bringing together women um, and where we are still bringing together women to, I mean, every, every time, I mean, every single, there's not one more than another. Every single time we get together with these groups of women with the intentionality of we're going to have a soul nourishing conversation, right? With that intention, when you walk into the, to any, to our book club or anytime we get together with the group from the retreat, we know that is our intention. And every single time I walk out of there feeling like I am filled to the brim, you mm. know, absolutely feeling so much love and support and gratitude. It's beautiful. And, and I just feel so lucky that we have those communities. And that's, again, why I just think we need to spread this.
1: And I know, I'm sure we've all had moments where we're, we're experiencing something or connecting with someone and it just feels true or right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know I've mentioned Sue Monk Kidd in the Dance of the Dissident Daughter many times today, but she talks about big wisdom, that there is in our enlightenment journey, our journey of self-awareness, mm-hmm. like we all come to a place of ultimately, or we're all working towards a place of know thyself. Yes. um and tuning into your big wisdom um and it sounds to me like you know connection and being in in collaboration fellowship with your into, like with your community mm-hmm. in small organic ways is always a place where your big wisdom always says yes Melinda this is where you're supposed to be right. this is what um and you and I kind of talk about that too sometimes where we're like right. this just feels right. Mm -hmm. This just feels like what we're supposed to be doing. How some people describe when they're talking to young kids, mommy, how will I know when I want to marry and I'm in love oh you just know
0: you know like uh well and I think it's I also we refer to that as the truth right what is mm, the truth right mm -hmm. the big wisdom is also known as the truth and I I think truth capital t I think that's you know that's another I absolutely agree and that's that's at the core of us and I think that um within a lot of us we have that inner, inner narrator kind of trying to combat the the part of us that is connected to that big wisdom that truth So I think that's going to be really a great and interesting conversation um, in some further podcasts.
1: Well, as you could see, a typical Jill and Melinda uh, soul-nourishing discussion can spiral out in a lot of different ways. Uh, And our hope through these podcasts is that we just, again, continue to widen our circle, Mm -hmm. however that circle might look or be in reality. We just want to bring people and weave our community and and friends new friends into the journey that you and
0: I are on absolutely so you are now a part of our collective so we hope that you will get in touch with us we can be reached at Collective at gmail.com and we invite you to share your stories share your thoughts, ideas, anything else or anything else that you might want to hear about. So please um, get in touch with us. We want to be here for everyone and just help, as Jill said, widen the circle because we're in this together. Onward we go, my friend. Onward we go. Shall I put my
1: shoes back on? Put your shoes on. I think it's time to Got to go back out in the world.
0: Uh, Doggone it. That's right. Thank you so much for being here and we will talk to you next week.